You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Jim Rome here. When you want expert advice, you go to a pro. Some folks consider me a pro at sports, and as a pro at sports, here is some simple advice that might help you out. When you're hitting the sports book and a buddy of yours tells you he has a, quote, sure thing, you want my pro tip? Go the other way. There is a reason why casinos pop up from the ground every week in Vegas. There is no such thing as a guarantee in sports, unless it is the Warriors winning another title. And when you're looking for pro tips on vehicle maintenance or repair, look no further than O'Reilly Auto Parts. Whether it comes to replacing your battery, getting advice on proper car maintenance, or even just getting the best bang for your buck, their expert team can help you out every step of the way. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Take me back, Roger. What possessed you to put that dude on your show? I sent a limo for two guys in the history of Blind Day. One was Ryan Seacrest, and the other was Jay freaking Stu. Jim, you think I got where I am because I'm talented? No. Welcome to episode 82 of the Jim Rome Podcast. So glad that you're here to give this thing a spin because my guest this week is a very good friend of the program and an OG, Roger Lodge. Now, if you flipped on TV in the late 90s or early 2000s, then you know Roger from the greatest dating show of all time, Blind Date. And if you have flipped on radio in Southern California since then, you know Roger from his daily sports talk show, The Sports Lodge. Between it all, Roger has been a mainstay in the jungle and was a frequent forum guest on Jim Roman's Burning. We had a ton to get caught up on, and I could not be more pumped to share this conversation with y'all because it was a blasted track. So here it is. We go now with episode 82 with Roger Lodge. Enjoy this because I know you will. This is awesome. We have tremendous history, me and this guy. He was a staple on my radio program and my TV show back in the day, but it's been a minute or two since we've gotten caught up. Roger Lodge, not only on, but he is in the house. Mr. Forum. How you living, Roger? How oh is everything? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? The fact that you just brought up the Mr. Forum moniker <laughs> that I self-imposed upon myself while Ray Ratto was taking a drink uh, out of his coffee cup on the set of Rome is Burning Man. I cannot tell you what a thrill it was for me to get a call from you guys and to show up here today. This is big for me, Jim. I really appreciate you. Roger, man, it's so good to see you, and it's all coming back to me right now. You just reset one of my favorite things from JRIB, Ray Rattle, with that patented go-to-the-mug-while-on-camera move. Yeah. He was the only guy that could pull the that off. The only guy that ever did it and could actually pull it off, and you can't teach what Ray Rattle <laughs> was doing on the set that afternoon. I'll never forget it. The only thing bigger for me in the history of my so-called career was Jay Stew on Blind Date, which was, you know, that's just head and shoulders, the greatest moment well, I'm gonna of my life. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I can't wait to get there. But before we do so, Roger, you've had an amazing career. Let's start with sports first. You've had a long-running talk show here in Southern California, the Sports Lodge. How is business? How long have you done that show now? Jim, imagine this. I'm a kid growing up in Lakewood, California, 20502 Wilder, right down the street from here, about 20 minutes. And I grew up... and. Halo honk from the time I was six years old. I was an Angel fan listening to Dick Emberg with my little green transistor under my pillow late at night. I was supposed to be sleeping, but no, I had my Dick Emberg. I had my Halos. And now I've been in business with, with the Angels 
uh, on their station, AMA 30, out here in Southern California. I'm going on my 11th year. Wow. Just got renewed for two more. And before oh, dude, I, good for you. Hey, good before for you. Congrats. Say, thank you very much. And I just want to say this before we go another 30 seconds. You're the guy that gave me my shot in radio. You're the guy that allowed the blind date dude to come in and, and host the Jim Rome show when you were in the basement. And I, I owe it to you. I mean, you gave me a shot, gave me the confidence and, and I studied you. You may not know this, but when I first started hanging around the Jim Rome show, I studied you. I watched you. I watched you interact with your crew. I watched the work that you put in. And I can tell you, I've been around this business for a long time now. I've never learned from anyone more than I learned from you. Not just what you My do man. on the air, but the work that you put in. It's a grind, and nobody, nobody will ever outwork Jim Rome. So thank you for all your time. Oh, man, that was so unnecessary. I really appreciate you saying that, but that was so unnecessary. And congrats on you getting the new deal. You mentioned Dick Amberg. Can I tell you, when I went, when I grew up in the Valley and played Little League Baseball in Sherman Oaks Little League. Oh, my God. My right. son just wrapped up a career there. Yeah, it's Sherman Oaks. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Sherman Oaks, yeah. All right, so you understand what I'm saying now. Dick Amberg, like you, you and I are pretty close in age. Dick Amberg was the guy. Sure. He, he had a son that played in that Little League, and he would show up on occasion to the ballpark. And I'm talking. Dick freaking Amberg in his prime and all his glory, man, that was something to see. I mean, when Dick would show up there and kind of watch kids play ball, man, that was an awesome time. And Jim, you know as well as anyone, there were not enough O's in smooth when you <laughs> describe Dick Amberg. Not, not only was he smooth on the air, but back in the day, Dick Amberg was a good-looking dude hanging out with Clyde Wright and Jim Fergosi. I guarantee you they were getting it done on the road. But to have Jim or <laughs> to, to have Dick Amberg around, are you kidding? That must have been awesome Good times, you. man. Yeah, good times. Really right, so good if you times. Grew up, Roger, if you grew up an Angel fan, what's it been like? I mean, you've had the best seat in the house. You can go there and you can pretty much have the free run of the place. What's it been like to go down there and work and see one of the best to ever do it, Mike Trout, night in and night out? And maybe what is something that people nationally do not know about him that should know about him? I'm going to tell you a story right now that I Good. don't think has been told and everyone needs to know it. Mike Trout just signed that unbelievable contract for a 12-year contract with the Angels. And I talked to Craig Landis, his agent, about that process. And they started here. The Angels started here. Then they uh, started to come closer together. They were getting pretty close. Craig Landis, Mike Trout's agent, got a phone call from Mike Trout. And he wanted to get this deal done. And he said to Craig Landis, Craig, I can't leave him. I can't leave the kids. And Craig thought, what are you talking about? The kids down in the minor leagues? Are you talking about the youngsters on the Angel, in the Angel uh, clubhouse? And Mike Trout said, no, I can't leave the kids at Hogue Hospital in the cancer ward wow. that I visit on a monthly basis. I can't leave the kids at the schools that I visit in Southern California. I can't leave the kids that come out to the ballpark every night to get my autograph and go out of their way and try everything they can to come see me play. I can't leave the kids. Get this deal done. Let's do it. Mike mm. Trout, you can talk about Mike Trout, the baseball player. We're talking about a seven-time All-Star, uh, you know, a back-to-back All-Star game MVP, two-time MVP, should be four, six-time Silver Slugger Award winner, future Hall of Famer Michael Nelson Trout. What he does on the field is one thing. What Mike Trout does off the field, Jim, I've witnessed it. 
This guy is a rarity. We've never seen a superstar go out of his way for the fans, especially the kids, like Michael Nelson Trout. He's it's, amazing. That's a great story. That's a great story. And to be fair, I've seen this. Like, I've gone to those games. I've been on the field. It's all true about Mike Trout and the kids. I mean, he loves the kids. Absolutely loves the kids. So I'm not surprised to hear that. I haven't heard that part of the story, but I'm not surprised. Roger, blind date. Let's yeah. get right to it. You, you had an amazing run as the host of Blind Date, the ultimate dating show. To this day, nothing even comes close. What do you remember about the audition? How did you get that gig? There was no audition. There, there wasn't? There was no audition. Jim, imagine this. Imagine this. I am the apartment manager in my building. I'm working as a waiter. Uh, I'm guest hosting on Talk Soup on E! Entertainment. What year is this? This is uh, 97, I want to say 97. Okay. I go to an audition. I get, I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the middle of a two-week run hosting Talk Soup on E! Entertainment. I get a call after uh, I, I finished up an episode. I was filling in for, uh, it was either John Henson or... I was going to say Henson, right? I think I was filling in for Henson. So I get a call. Do you want to go audition for this dating show? Jim, I had no business talking about dating. My, my personal dating life back then was a complete and utter dumpster fire. So I go in, I go in to audition. You mean for, that wasn't a goal, Roger? Coming no, up? No. Coming up as a kid in Lakewood? You didn't want to host a dating show? No. I go into this audition. There's literally 200 people in the room. There's male, female, Caucasian, African-American, Asian, little people. They had no idea what they wanted huh. in their host for Blind Date. But in the audition room, there was a sign. And written on the sign, it said, we are looking for the talk soup mentality. Oh. The tongue-in-cheek talk soup mentality is the host for this new dating show, Blind Date. Again, I was in the middle of a two-week talk soup run. The audition was on a Thursday. I left the audition. I called my agent and said, just tell him to watch Talk Soup. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be hosting it all weekend, right? I mean, it took some huevos to do Roger, that. Roger, you did not, man. You walked out of that audition Jim, and said, watch me on Talk Soup. On Monday, I was... And it worked. On Monday, I was screen testing for the host of Blind Date and the rest is history. And we had a nice seven-year run in first-run syndication on three, four, five times a day in some of the biggest markets in our country. Dude, what was that like? I mean, you, you have done so many different things in this business, but man, that show, that was one of a kind. What was it like to host Blind Date? It was just, there's nothing that I could say on camera that would top what we were watching. You know, it was just such ridiculousness. And people's, people's interpretation of how they should act on television, on a date, it was just incredible. And so for me to try to top that would have been a big mistake. So I came back, usually did a quick look and got the hell out of there because nothing was going to top what they were doing. And one of the biggest thrills of my Good career. Good for you, by the way. That, that could not have been easy because when you watch the shit that was going on back then, yeah. and you were so, that show was so far ahead of its time. Yeah. Now when people show up on TV and unscripted TV, as we know, is the most scripted bullshit ever, man, that show was different. People were doing things back then that were not done. And for you to kind of lay out and let them do it, and then you could just get in there and wisecrack, get in a good line or two. That was, it was so tight. It was so good to watch. Thank you so much. And I'm at the Super Bowl. Uh, this was down in San Diego years right. ago. I remember it. Okay, so we're down in San Diego doing the Radio Row thing that you're well uh, aware of. And I am doing, I forget what station I'm doing, but as I'm doing a radio uh, hit, Bob Costas walks in <laughs> into the room of Radio Row. This is Bob freaking Costas, you know? 
And from across this giant convention center, Bob Costas sees me and he starts walking towards me. And I'm looking for Ashton Kutcher because I think I'm being punked. You know, because why in the hell would Bob Costas know who the blind date dude is? Bob walks right up to me. Okay, and I finish my radio hit, and he says, Roger, I'm Bob Costas. Very nice to meet you. And I just want to tell you that my stepson and I watch your dating show every single night. And the way you host it is absolutely brilliant. It's genius the way you just set those people up and get out of the way. This is Bob Costas yeah, telling incredible. me that, I, that I'm hosting. That's incredible. Day. It was unbelievable. No, that's incredible. Yeah. I, I mean, for one thing, for him to know you and say, I love your show, but for it, for Bob Costas yeah. to say, it's brilliant the way you set them up and stay out of the way and do what you do, that's the highest praise imaginable. Can I tell you a Bob Costas story I, that just I happened? I got all the time in the world for it. Yeah. Okay, here's the thing. I'm in Cooperstown, New York last summer when Vladimir Guerrero became the first angel to be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. I know that Bob's going to get an award that same weekend. I have a 15-year-old son who I think is Jake's age. Jake's or your boy's Jake's, about, Jake's 18 now. 18, okay. Yeah. So, so my son's a little younger than your boy, Jake. So we go to the induction ceremonies that the Angels sent us there. It was just an unbelievable fantasy weekend. So I know Costas is going to be there. My son Peyton wants to be the next Bob Costas, right? So he's telling me all weekend long, he's saying, well, Dad, you know Bob Costas, right? I see his name in your phone. I mean, can, can you hook it up? Can I get a picture with him? Can I meet my hero, Bob Costas? The pressure's on now. Yeah, I got to sure. get this done. So I start texting Bob. I'm getting nothing back. And three or four days go by, and Bob Costas is basically stiffing me. He's big-timing me, right? We get to the Hall of Fame, and Costas has this unbelievable speech. He was just unbelievable real his speech was so brilliant so after his speech and after he gets the ford frick award we go to the baseball hall of fame i'm in the baseball hall of fame in cooperstown new york costas has now i'm about i've worked my way with my son i'm about oh about 20 feet from bob costas i'm standing talking to dennis cool who's the chairman of angels baseball sure and I'm also talking to Raleigh Fingers and Stan Caston, who runs. That's the kind of conversations you have it's in Cooperstown, right? Right. So I'm standing there, and my son is is nudging me, saying, "Dad, there he is, Mr. Costas is 20 feet from us. Can you get him over here?" And I'm thinking, "Wait a minute, now I'm going to look like a complete jackass because I've been texting Bob, and he's big time. I mean, I got no shot with Costas here." What am I going to do? Remind him of who I am? You know what am I going to do? And at all this those point? texts that he's been deleting. Costas turns and he sees me. I swear to you, to Pistol Pete, who is my God, this is a true story. Costas notices me, does the cartoon double take. He stops his conversation with Greg Gamsinger from the MLB Network and he comes walking directly to me. He stops, reminding you now, we're standing in the middle of the Baseball Hall of Fame and Costas says, may I have your attention, please? This is a special night in Cooperstown. Roger Lodge from Blind Date is with us tonight. We could call Bob right now, and he could confirm that story. Oh, he I believe did you. That's that incredible. Me and made me a hero with my son. It's a night I and my son will never forget. He's incredible. Bob's the best. What a oh, great story. Unreal. That is so good. Unreal. That is so good. Hey, listen. As any coach or GM will tell you, the foundation of any great team is great talent. We know this. So it's no surprise that teams dedicate so much time and effort towards finding that talent. 
The same rule applies when it comes to hiring. You need top talent, but you don't need endless resources to find that talent. What you have is ZipRecruiter. They scout the talent for you. With ZipRecruiter, one click sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. Their powerful matching technology will scan thousands of resumes to find the right people with the right experience and then invite them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through that site within the very first day. Fact. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash clones, ZipRecruiter.com slash clones, ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. You did the same thing for one Jay Stu, the jungle booker and call screener, Jason Stewart, who famously went on blind date more than a decade and a half ago. Take me back, Roger. What possessed you to put that dude on your show? I sent a limo for two guys in the history of Blind Date. One was Ryan Seacrest, and the other was Jay freaking Stu. I'm, but Jim, you think I got where I am because I'm talented? No. I got this. I, I kind of get it. I get how the business works. And I knew that if I brought, if I brought Seacrest on, I was going to get a lot of play. You are Jim Rome. It's the Jim Rome Show. I got Jay Stu on Blind Date. You don't think you guys are going to have some fun with that in your 8,865 yes. markets you're in? So that's what we did. And Jay Stu, let's face it, he brought something to the table. This guy, he brought it during his date. Before you get to that point, let me take you back. Now, this was three months before the episode aired. You came in studio and you did a pre-screen interview with Stu. Here is a clip from that day 16 years ago. I want you to listen to this. So before Roger Lodge conducts a small and brief interview with Jay Stu, <laughs> Stu, what's your reaction to all this? You give kind of a mixed sampling of he's going to bring it to, he's going to flame spectacularly. Stu, are you going to pull this off? I'll tell you what, I'm going to pull it off. And the reason why I came in today is because I sense that Roger is losing faith in me. And I, I wanted to go on the air and dispel all the rumors. I'm not looking to get on the show and be a jackass. And I'm not looking to go on the show and, quote, lay the hammer. I'm looking to fall in love. I'm, I'm trying to meet. You're looking for that special someone. I'm, I'm trying to meet the girl of my dreams. Let's, let's just back this right up. He just said that he's had 1,600 dates and only one couple have gotten married. But you were looking to fall in love. Why do people play the lotto, Romy? You know what? I mean, there's a one in jillion chance, but that one person that wins are thrilled they did it. So if yeah. Jay Stu comes into the, comes on blind date and he happens to find that special someone, he's going to be damn glad he did. Jay Stu, what is the number one thing, the number one, your biggest turnoff in a woman? I think any woman that walks with a limp is, okay. is a turnoff to me. <laughs> All right, so, Roger, before we go to what, what actually happened in the episode, what was your reaction to that? Were you still feeling good about that? Do you remember what was going through your mind after the pre-interview? Yeah, I knew that Jay Stu was going to bring it because there are certain gamers. There are just guys, you turn the lights on and things are going to go well. You want Jay Stu in that situation was like giving the ball to Kawhi Leonard with <laughs> 10 seconds left on the clock. Something good is going to happen. And that's exactly what happened. And I'll never forget as long as I live, Jim, how about the moment? Let me take you back. Jay Stu goes to pick up his date. He goes to pick up his date. And by the way, you don't think I went out of my way to find Jay Stu a very attractive young lady? Of course I did. So he shows up to pick up his gal. She comes out, and they start to head to that Ford Expedition that every freaking dater on Blind Date drove. <laughs> right. So anyway, they come out to their Ford Ex He stops. He stops for a moment and says to his date, 
Oh, hold on a second, honey. I want to make sure I got enough cabbage for tonight. And he pulls out a wad of literally $10,000, and we had a nice close-up of that. Only Jay Stu could pull that off, and he pulled it off masterfully. All right, so that was not the only thing he did, though. So the episode airs in May of 2003, and in effect, the guy shows up as just the jackass that he promised he would not be. <laughs> if you have not seen the episode or you do not remember the episode, Alvin has put together a quick montage of what happened. Alvin? I've had problems with dry skin. Skin, a lot of my life uh-huh. and my dermatologist told me that Americans have dry skin and in other countries they bathe once or twice a week so they their skin naturally moisturizes their skin that's just gross I I go three and four days without bathing or showering or soaping and that's something you want to well, tell everyone give three reasons why a man gets married Probably first and foremost is security. Number two is to have a life partner. And number three is uh, somebody to get you your beer. And that's a close third, the second one. Nice hairy chest you got there. <laughs> Very sexy. Yeah. <laughs> but what about the boiler? It's pretty boiling. I mean, just the way the hair goes around like this, you don't just, you can't buy this. The way it goes on like this. And women think that's sexy? Women die for this. Seriously. Why? Why, 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 why? Oh, you'd be surprised. You, it looks like you have three boilers. Where? Jason is not my type. He's an idiot, and I don't ever want to see him again. No second date. One of the great post-date wrap-ups of all time. Incredible. Right <laughs> 16 years later, when you hear that, what kind of thoughts do you have? That it was probably top three greatest dates of all time and without question, blind date, Hall of Fame material. Just absolutely fantastic television. All right, that was so great. Now, you would come on this show and you would come on my GRIB show on ESPN and, man, there were so many great conversations we had. Nobody likes a cheapskate, Roger. Nobody. No names mentioned. Tiger Woods, Scottie Pippen, and everybody else that you exposed back in the day while on GRIB. Do you remember this, Raj? Completely inappropriate. Guys, I was a waiter for 15 years. You see me running around on TV calling out the bad tippers in this town. I would never want to call out. I would never want to call out and embarrass guys like Don Cornelius from Soul Train. I'm not that kind of guy, okay? Don't say anything But let me tell you something. It was not the right venue to call out Pistol Pete for his tipping etiquette. Completely inappropriate. By the way, George Thorogood, terrible tipper as well. All right, so to the best of your knowledge, did any of these people learn their lesson and learn to shake themselves and do the right thing? Probably not over the years because, Jim, and, and we've talked about this before, I was a waiter for 14 years in Southern California going on audition after audition after audition. And uh, I, I can tell you the best tippers. We just lost one of the all-time uh, great tippers recently when Tim Conway passed away. One mm. of the greatest tippers of all time, Jay Leno, unbelievable tipper. Richard Simmons, we would fight over Richard Simmons when he came into Santa Pietro's up on the top of Bel Air, uh, Beverly Glen and Mulholland Drive up in, in Bel Air. It was one of the most spectacular places ever. They all came in there. 
So I can tell you the greatest tippers and the worst tippers I just did years ago in Don Cornelius and George Thorogood. He was bad to the bone with his tipping. <laughs> and then, of course, you had, uh, well, you know what? I'm going to stop there because I don't want to go on and on and tell you what a horrible tipper Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was. That was awful. Oh, dude, I'm really surprised to hear that. <laughs> I'm really surprised to hear that. Hey, do you know Do you know that I grew up in Beverly Glen Park? Yes. So, uh, yeah, yeah. right there. Well, do you remember the Glen Center? Yes. Did you? Oh, that's why I brought it up. Yes. There you go. Yes. Yeah. And I worked at a restaurant called Santa Pietro. I know it. Vanna White's boyfriend, George Santa Pietro, was the owner of the restaurant, and everybody came up there, Jim. I could tell you a story. It, Do I'm, it. Tell I'm, me a story. I'm writing a memoir. It's called Confessions of a Hollywood Gypsy. Because, Jim, I have done every job there is known in this business. I was a stand-in for John Stamos back in the day working on a sitcom where I would be on stage every single night uh, doing scenes with Jack Klugman to set, you know, for camera blocking. I'm on, I, I'm working with Jack Klugman. I mean, it was just unbelievable. What was he like? He was amazing and nobody out, you know, how when we started here, I talked about the fact that no one's going to outwork you. And we know guys in this business who are like us, Skip Bayless. No one's going to outwork Grinders. Skip Bayless. He's a grinder. He works. Jack Klugman from The Odd Couple and from Quincy. I mean, this guy was an Emmy Award winner. Great story. John Stamos and I are, we're, we're in the business because we're trying to meet girls. Let's face it. This is, uh, you know, we're in our early 20s. Yeah, you know, Stamos, you, you guys you guys were very close then and still are now. You guys yeah. were roommates for more than 10 years. Yeah, 13 years. Okay. Roommates. Yeah, he was. And, and John Stamos, a big, uh, big baseball fan. He walked in my room one morning. There was, I used to have a big poster of Babe Ruth above my bed. This is how much Johnny knows about sports. He walks in, there's the poster of the Bambino, and he says, dude. Why do you have that poster of Willie Mays above your bed? There you go. You're John Stamos, sports knowledge. But here's a quick awesome. story on Jack Klugman. Stamos and I are in the commissary. We go out to lunch. And we come back. And this, we, we walk through the stage that is completely dark. and Because uh, everyone's out to lunch. And it's a completely dark stage. And we hear this crashing of glass. And we go over to see, uh-oh, something fell. Someone's going to, is costing the production company a lot of money. It's Jack Klugman on a dark set working on a little piece of physical comedy. Mm. Everyone else is out to lunch and they're having a great time. Here's a guy that won 10 Emmy Awards. He's on the set during his lunch break working to uh, perfect a move of physical wow. comedy. Jim, whether it's this business, show business, you don't get great by accident. Who works the hardest oftentimes are the guys who succeed for the longest. So well said. All right. Now, before you go, Roger, and I could do this all day long, one of the things that you did back in the day, you would host the jungle yeah. when I went into the basement. That is not an easy gig because the clones are not easy to deal with. And you know this. Let me give you an example. Go, go back and go back a decade, 2008. You did the show, and then I came back the next day. I want you to hear this phone call that I took from a guy named Kevin in Tampa. Check this out. Kevin. In Tampa. Good to have you, Kevin. What's up? How are you? Good, Romy. How you doing? Great. Uh, first of all, I'd just like to say uh, glad to have you back. I was tired of hearing Roger Lodge verbally make love to the Patriots and make out with Tom Brady's butthole. <laughs> ah! Well, I can't believe I ran that guy. I, I can't believe I ran that guy. <laughs> Roger. It's been a long time, but I think that I, I owe you the right to respond to that guy who accused you of making out with Tom Brady's butthole. Well, if I'm, you'd like to. If you're a regular listener of the Sports Lodge in Southern California on AMA 30, home of your halos, uh, Tom Brady is clearly my man crush. That's the guy. And... Uh, 
think about what he's gone through in his career. I mean, different different players every single year. That you know, the way the NFL is set up now, the fact that this guy has been able to do what he's been able to do with so many different running backs, so many different wide receivers, and him and Belichick, what they've done in today's National Football League is so extraordinary, enough cannot be said about my Tommy. It's just unbelievable what he's doing. Can I tell you something? You were out in front of that preach, and by the way, that call did not age well at all. I got your back on that. Hey now, contractors can rely on Ferguson to provide a winning game plan for any job, any day. And thanks to their pro pickup service, you can choose from thousands of products to order online and pick up in store, which makes doing business with Ferguson the easiest part of your day. Before becoming a legend in the entertainment game, you were a legend of SoCal Hoops. You dominated as a guard at Cerritos High School. You were riding coattails was none other than my man Ben Howland back in the day. Gaucho! Exactly. When he was an assistant with UC Santa Barbara, he goes on to UCLA. He leads them to three Final Fours. Ben's intense now. What was Ben like back then, and how was his game? Ben would give me rides home in his Grand Torino. He was uh, he kind of saw a young version of himself in me. Ben was a senior at Cerritos High School when I was a freshman, and I was good enough to play on the JV team, and they'd bring me up for tournaments because I could shoot the ball, Jim. I could Always. Could, and, and anyway, uh, so Ben was absolutely another guy. Nobody got to practice earlier and no one left later than Ben Howland. The guy put in the work. And to watch him, you know, go to three straight Final Fours with UCLA and now he's at Mississippi uh, Mississippi State doing a terrific job. But to answer your question, what was he like? Nobody worked harder than Ben Howland because this guy got further with less talent than any basketball player I've ever seen. The guy was lights out mid-range, and uh, he played defense every single possession, and Ben Ben hit it hard, as hard as anyone I've seen play the game. He was fierce. All right, now, Roger, before you go, finally, you're a game show guy. If you could host one game show... Currently airing or otherwise, what would it be? I think I'd go Prices Right. I think that uh, before they rolled with Drew, I was out on the road hosting the Prices Right live. What was that like? Uh, it was unbelievable. Because, Jim, you know, I'm, I'm a people person. I'm working with the Angels now on AMA 30. One of my favorite uh, three or four times a year, I host a thousand screaming, passionate Angel fans. We sit in the upper deck where I used to sit as a kid. I'm a people person. I love people. And the price is right. You know, the contestants are so energized and everyone's all fired up and thrilled to be there. I I think it would be uh, the price is right. I think so. One last thought. And one of my favorite shows, you tell me if I'm wrong, it was such a good show that when I showed old clips on YouTube to my kids, they loved it. When I made Janet watch it, who's not really a game show person, she loved it. My show, Pressure Luck. Oh, the original oh, Pressure yeah, Luck. Now when they brought yeah. back the other one. Man, that was so great because it always came down to the last spin. Yeah. It was legit. I love that show. You know, you would have been a good game show host. I think there's still time. we got to find a game Dude, show for Jim Sign Rowe. Would you love to do that? Hell yes. Okay, you Hell yes. Just, and, and, and we, we've been talking about what a grind this business is. Where do you go from here? Are you doing the ultimate gig? or where? Give me one thing that you have not done that you would still You sound like every producer do. I've ever spoken to. <laughs> this is a conversation we have quite a bit. No, I mean, you're right. It's, it's a really good question, and people have asked me that. You know, because of this grind. I love this show. I love the franchise. Everything I have is because of this radio program. But when you've done this 25-plus years, where do you go from here? The honest answer is I'd love to hit another home run. I'd love to reinvent. I'd love to reimagine. I'm not exactly 
exactly sure what that is. I don't know if that's, I want to keep doing this as long as I possibly can, but I want to do something different. I want to stretch a little bit, and I really don't know exactly what that answer is. Is it digital? Is it something live? Is it a game show? I don't know. But as soon as you come up with that answer, feed it to me. Give so me, I'll be able to answer the question. Uh, let me turn this around. Before I get out of here, let me turn Please. this around a little bit. The guest that walks through this door, you know he's on his way here. You can't wait for him to show up because it's always good. Mm-hmm. Who is it? You know, Steve Elkington is a real good guy for me. And the reason I, I say that is Elk knows the show. And Elk is just dangerous enough that the stakes are high. Now, you do this for a living. You know what it's like to interview guys that normally don't have anything to say, don't want to put themselves out there. Elk is still my guy because year in and year out, he delivers, and he's a little bit dangerous. A little bit dangerous. Willie Mays did not go well for me. Give me the guess that did not go well. Kareem. (laughs) Kareem. No, Kareem, I've told this story before, Roger, really quickly. So when I hosted Talk 2 on ESPN2, and that's how I got my TV break, Mark Shapiro, who's gone on to run the world, was the producer. And no matter who came through that door, he would pre-interview the guest, and I'd say, how was the guest? And inevitably, he would always say, he loves you. He can't wait to be on. He's a huge fan, no matter what, when it wasn't always true. Not everybody's happy to see you. You know this, right? So this went on month after month after month. Same stock answer. He loves you. He wants to be here. He couldn't wait to do the program. He loves the show. Kareem comes in. And I know that it just seemed weird to me. Like, why is he doing this show? This is not an easy show for anybody to do. I said to Shapiro, so how is he? He goes, good luck with that one. Oh, boy. Yes, and and so I go in the green room and I sit down. Just me and him. Me and Kareem. Hi, Kareem. Jim Rome. Really nice to meet you. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for coming. Do you have any questions? Can I help you with anything? Just looks at me. Doesn't even respond. Wow. Just looks at me. I said, is there something that you want to talk to me about before we do this? Are you okay? Do I need to walk you through any of this? didn't even respond, just looked at me. The weirdest, most bizarre thing ever. I mean, that that made the Everett interview seem like a walk in the park. <laughs> How weird is that? Like, dude, he didn't even crazy. respond. Yeah, and then I had insane. to go out on set for 41 minutes and talk to this yeah, guy. Yeah, Can I just tell you something before I get out of yes. here that I've never told you before? When you were doing the talk show on ESPN2, okay? When you were doing that. Sure. On the same, I mean, it was on that little lot in Hollywood. There, Hollywood and Vine, the yeah, production, exactly. production the, group. The production group. You're doing that show. Right next door was another little building. I was hosting a show called The Sci-Fi Vortex. Yes, and I know it. It was like the entertainment tonight of, of science fiction. By the way, me doing a sci-fi show, I had no business doing that. Bring I'm it like, back, man. I, Bring I, it back. I, I, walk in, I walk in the first day of, this, uh, of the shooting. I'm like, okay, who's this Yoda guy? What does he do? What's he all about? <laughs> so, so anyway, so I was hosting this little sci-fi show right next door to where you were hosting. I used to sneak in. And watch you host that show. Wow. I learned from you, and I started by saying that. I've studied your career. I think you're amazing. You're one of the all-time greats in this business. So I thank you for having me here today, and I thank you for all of the kindness you have showed me and my family throughout the years. Jim, you're awesome, and you're a true friend. Dude, I I, I so appreciate you saying that. And again, it was so unnecessary, but you are an all-time favorite. You are one of my personal and professional favorites, and this was such a blast, man. You still bring the energy. You still bring the heat. You're still a hilarious guy, and you have had an amazing career, Roger. It is so good to see you, and I appreciate you and the friendship very, very much. Again, thank you very much. Honored to be here. It is summertime, and let me tell you, the most annoying thing right now are flies and insects invading your home. I know, I speak from experience. And let's talk about those flies. The one that just landed in your soup, it could have been anywhere, from another piece of food to 
Well, just think about it. So let me thank my pals over at Dynatrap. Dynatrap is the leading manufacturer of outdoor mosquito and insect traps. And now they've come up with a solution for indoor pests. The Dynatrap Flylight. The Dynatrap Flylight works day and night to attract and trap flies, fruit flies, mosquitoes, other pesky insects. I'm telling you, this thing works really well. So forget about those disgusting fly strips. The Dynatrap Flylight looks like a subtle nightlight, and it plugs into any indoor outlet. Trust me, I've been using mine for a couple of days now. I love it. It's insane, the number of insects it's caught, and would otherwise be buzzing around making my life miserable. Get yours at Dynatrap.com. That's D-Y-N-A-T-R-A-P.com. Enter the promo code Rome. Receive 50% off any of their products. Dynatrap, the safe, silent, and simple solution to household insect control. Enormous thanks to my man Roger Lodge for that deep dive down jungle memory lane. Damn, that was a blast. Make sure to let him know how much you enjoyed that. Hit him up on Twitter. He's at Roger Lodge 7. At Roger Lodge 7. Make sure you hit him up. He'll love it because he loves you clones. And while I'm barking out marching orders, make sure you also hit the subscribe button so this podcast can find you every single week when I post a new one. That way you never miss one or you waste any time looking for it. It's going to find you instead. And if you have a second, please leave a review on iTunes. That helps out and I appreciate it so much. We're back next week with episode 83. But until then, here are your voicemails. First new message. Aaron, it's Roger in Fort Hood, Texas. Uh, just calling to let you know that I... I really enjoyed the podcast with Bill Hader. I, I love the show Barry. More people should watch that show. It's a great show. Anyway, uh, that's all I got for you. You have a good one. Message saved. Next message. Hey, Mike and Indy. You're saying for five grand, I can place in like fourth or fifth place with you? Fuck you. What, I read Craig's book deal didn't want any of this? Step away from the crack pipe. This is Darren and Kina, and you're a fucking idiot. Message deleted. Next message. DHL. Expert notification. Message saved. Next message. Romeus Prime, what is up? This is David from Buffalo. I called my shot, and I said Brooks Kepka was going to win the PGA Championship. Seven years ago, Romy, this guy was playing on uh, on the minor league golf tour in South Florida. He was traveling all over the globe. Seven years later, he's got four majors. He's number one in the world, and he conquered Beth Page Black. I'll tell you one thing, Jim, I'm not going to ever bet against this guy again. Book it, Pebble Beach. Kepka, three-time U.S. Open champion. That's not a prediction. That's a spoiler. Out. Message saved. Next message. Vince Mac. I love Durant. This dope thinks he's the killer. He thinks he's the reason for the Warriors' success. Well, guess what, tough guy? Golden State was winning titles before you got there and are going to get another ring while you're on the shelf. Just stay hurt, sign with the Knicks, bow out of the playoffs early with Kyrie and realize you're just not that good to win a ring by yourself anyway. Save this message, Vance Mac. Message deleted. You have no more messages.